Hello and welcome to another episode of the Coming As You Are podcast. My name's Andrew Cowderoy, the project manager at the Marine Society. And today with us on the show, we have a special guest, Nick Chubb, the founder, uh, chief exec, MD of Theteus. Just director. Just director of Theteus, a former seafarer and a mentor on the Coming Ashore program. So thank you very much, Nick, for joining us. It's a pleasure. And uh, to get us kicked off, can you share with our colleagues around the world at sea why you went to sea in the first place? Sure. Um, I went to sea at 19. Uh, I actually originally wanted to go when I was about 15 years old and and got off at a place uh, with uh, carnival, but my, my parents stopped me from going until I turned 18. They wanted me to do A-levels first and have something to fall back on. So I did another two years of college. Um, I then went and taught in a, uh, in a school for a year. Cool. And then I had the choice between going to sea uh, or going to university. Uh, and I was going to read music at university, um, but I was a terrible musician and it would have cost 30 grand. <laughs> uh, and so I would have had loads of debt and probably very little in the way of job prospects afterwards. So. Went down the um, sea route, uh, went to Fleetwood, sponsored by Trinity House, um, spent most of my training on on tankers and Mm -hmm. the Trinity House ships and um, loved it. It was great fun, lots of travel, interesting stuff and um, and challenging as well. So when did you qualify? 2013, end of 2013. And then, so how long after you qualified as Seal Officer of the Watch did you continue with the career at sea? I, I didn't do long. I, I did a year uh, as, a, as, as qualified. So, and probably the first couple of months of that, uh, I, I struggled to find work as a mm-hmm. qualified deck officer. So, yeah. um, but eventually I, ma- I managed to get onto a, um, a wind farm uh, doing mm-hmm. renewables off the coast of Holland and really Germany, cool. which was good fun. Yeah. Uh, really good fun driving fast boats around. Um, and then I managed to get onto a um, um, uh, a, a row row um, going cool. between Larne and Cairn Ryan oh, right, very good. in Scotland, yeah. um, which was which which was also good fun. So yeah. I was a second mate on that uh, for a bit, and then came ashore at, at the end of twenty fourteen. Yeah, and why why did you make that decision to come ashore? Um, a whole load of reasons, really. Uh, principally, though, it was family. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had a a, a spate of really unfortunate uh, deaths, serious accidents, illnesses in the family um, and that kind of readjusted my priorities a bit. I'd also got into a serious relationship um, and uh, we had spent something like 11 months apart in, in the first year we were together. Um, so uh, we decided that we'd come ashore, move to London and it was only meant to be temporary. <laughs> Hasn't worked out that way. <laughs> no, it um, never does. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, we ha- certainly haven't looked back since. Um, it's, it's it's been uh, it's been really good fun. So was that you and your partner both at sea and made that decision to come ashore together? Near enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I stayed at sea maybe two months, three months longer than than she did. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, so only a few trips on on the ferry, but um, it was just a lot of things happening at home. Sure. So sort of. And ended up bumping ashore. And when you did make that decision to say, okay, I want more time with my partner, want more time with my family, come ashore, move to the big smoke, the bit. Uh, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do when you came ashore? Did you know? Did you have a network? Um, can you share with again how you start that change, that shift to life on shore? Um, no, I had no plan, no network, 
no idea what I was going to do, uh, and it was pretty disastrous. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, it, it, it was always, re really, my, my original plan was to, to go all the way to Master Mariner sure. and then come ashore, yeah. and take the time to plan it out properly and yeah. work out what I want to do. Um, I didn't do that, and, and I ended up, uh, I wanted to stay in the industry, mm. didn't know what I wanted to do, but wanted to stay in the industry, um, and for love or money, couldn't find a job mm. um, where they would recruit a, a, a relatively green third mate um, into, a, into an industry-based job in London. So I actually ended up leaving the industry completely. Um, I went and worked in sales uh, for a financial services recruitment mm. firm, so totally out of the industry. Yep. I ended up doing two years out of the industry, I ended up moving into technology startups um, outside the sector um, and actually that, in the end, that time outside the industry combined with my time inside the industry um, uh, came together really well and, and, yeah, and ended up creating the career I've got now. So oh, absolutely. I, I don't regret it, yeah. um, but it was a winding path and wasn't one that was very well thought out. So when you spent some time away and it's like, right, I want to get back into the belly of the beast of shipping, what did you do then? Where, where did you, what did you do to sort of find that first foot in the door, get back into shipping, maritime? Can you sort of, is, was there again a, perhaps maybe not a great plan, or I don't know? Can you? I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to say it was some combination of you know planning and intelligence, but uh, actually the the old uh, idiom of it's it's not what you know, it's who you know mm. rings true. Yeah. In shipping, particularly, it seems, um, uh, and so I actually ended up over the two years I was outside the industry, uh, working outside the industry, but in London, I ended up continuing to to build my own network mm -hmm. um, uh, of, of friends and colleagues who are um, who, who are from the industry, um, and uh, a friend of a friend of a friend um, was uh, retiring. And a post had opened up to work here, actually, at the mm. Marine Society, um, to look after their digital portfolio of products. Um, so it was combining my experience of the shipping industry and, and being at sea and being a seafarer yeah. with my technology experience that I gained in another industry. It was just the absolute perfect job. So Absolutely. huge, huge stroke of luck. Yeah. Um, but I do find that you know, if, if you want to get lucky, often it's actually about having. Uh, building the right relationships yes. and making sure you're in the right place at the right time. And that takes time to do. Yeah, but I, th I think you've hit on a point. You, you say luck, and as I had a conversation recently where actually it's not so much luck, it's almost a reflection on your previous history. So you have gone off and networked, you have gone off and built a, por a portfolio of expertise, of experience, of knowledge, mm -hmm. of people. Yeah. So whilst one you, you may think it's luck, actually is it more a reflection on subconsciously you've been doing all this and you've been able to package it up to correctly, come here, work at the Marine Society and do what you did extremely well? Y yes, uh, I, yeah, I do think um, uh, the, the, the kind of secret to Catching those lucky breaks is to make sure you're in the right place at the right time, yeah. um, and uh, there, there definitely is and was an element of luck mm. to that. Um, but there's no way if I hadn't spent two years working on networking yeah. around the city and around the industry, um, then there's just no way I would have found that yeah. role. So how did you? So in terms of your networking, how did you go about building that? 
network which provides you with the work that you do now, um, but also getting into your first job back in shipping. Sure. Um, so there are a few shipping specific things, there's a few shipping specific groups. Um, I was a member of the Honourable Company Master Mariners, I was an apprentice there. Um, I am an active member of the Nautical Institute um, and uh, regularly attend their meetings. Um, um, I've been to a few, this is going back a few years, I haven't been for a while, but back then I went to a few of the Young Shipping Professional Network yeah. London. SPNL. Yeah, SPNL, yeah, yeah. Um, their meetings. And actually the more of these events that you go to, the more you realise there are a lot of events. Yes. And the more you end up getting invited to things and then all of a sudden it starts to balloon and actually, I would say probably once a week, yeah. uh, in, in London at least, there's some kind of shipping related event. And probably, you know, Southampton, Glasgow, they're much the same. Yeah, if, if you're absolutely. living in a shipping hub and wanting to move into a shipping hub, um, there's always stuff going on. You just have to um, seek it out and, and go along. Um, yeah. And the nice thing about the industry is that actually it's it's the friendliest industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's rare if ever do you meet someone who's who you wouldn't be happy to go have a pint with. So, um, so, so that, that, that that that's definitely a, a nice part of it. Nowadays, though, I'm. I would say I'm a massive LinkedIn user. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon I've had at least two jobs that have come directly out of cool. LinkedIn, use of LinkedIn. Um, and in my business now, I, it's difficult to exactly attribute it, but I would say you know, a good, good proportion of our turnover comes from LinkedIn. Posting on LinkedIn, so it's it's actually it's a hugely valuable tool. Yeah. So coming on to your business today, DTS. Yeah. Can you explain just briefly back on how you've come to DTS to sort of again diving into your sort of tech background and really sharing with colleagues at see that the diverse options for jobs, careers, industries within shipping. Yeah. So share like from leaving Marine Society to now DTS. How many ever years later? Yeah, um, I remember sitting upstairs chatting with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Probably about three years ago. Three years ago, oh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so three years ago, what's happened in the last three years? And now you're a Thetius, um, meant to be speaking around the world, though due to current affairs, perhaps not. Um, what What's happened to bring you to now? And again, sh- sort of sharing with colleagues. Yeah. Those options that are available. Sure. Uh, so. Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll pick up the story from the Marine Society. I, I helped to put together, alongside the fantastic team here, uh, put together uh, a platform called Land and Sea, where we had four courses on English and maths uh, for seafarers, uh, and they were digital. Um, they could be accessed anywhere in the world and downloaded, taken offline, taken away to sea. Um, and we, within about a year of launching, we'd scaled that up to about 10,000 users around the world, which is fantastic. Um, And then I I, I kind of realized, with the experience I'd had at sea and and also my time working in startups outside of the sector, that there's this big transformation happening in every sector. Mm -hmm. It hasn't really hit shipping yet. Um, So I started uh, my own consultancy on the side of my um, day job, um, where I would either help technology startups enter the maritime industry or, or help establish maritime players to um, engage, better engage with technology and use technology in their businesses. Um, one of my early clients was a, uh, a, a startup called Intelligent Cargo Systems, 
and they had developed a, a portal optimization system for container ships. Um, and I worked with them on a consulting basis for a while, and then they asked if I would join the team full time. So actually, I left the Marine Society to join Intelligent Cargo Systems as head of growth. Yeah. Um, and we launched the uh, product with them not, not too long afterwards um, and raised some investment uh, and started closing contracts with, with clients um, who operate container ships. Um, and I was also, I'm still doing bits of consulting here and there. Um, and then I was asked repeatedly for the same thing um, by a few different contacts. Um, and that was for a sort of an overview of what's going on in the technology mm. space and in the industry. Um, because you've got the likes of Crunchbase um, and CB Insights that are really good at providing what's going on in consumer technology. Mm -hmm. They're okay at sort of B2B technology, but as you get down into heavy industries, they're terrible. Yeah. Um, and particularly shipping, there's just nothing out there. And, and people have different, ship, different definitions for the word shipping around the world. In America, it just means, you know, on, on the back of trucks, you're shipping yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and perhaps for us seafarers, um, it means actual ships. So mm. we're trying to fill the gap. Um, Thetis was conceived as a platform to provide analysis, intelligence, and research into emerging technologies within the maritime industry. So I started the company in July, um, left all my other work, and went full time on on the company and. So far, it's, it's, it's been a success. It's, it's been mm. good fun. Um, we've got some fantastic clients that I'm really enjoying working with. Um, we have a, a sort of free version of the software um, of, of a sort of innovation database that anyone can go and sign up to. Um, and yeah, we, we, we're getting a lot of interest. We're being asked to speak at events all over the world, like you said, uh, barring coronavirus. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going really well. So again, <laughs> As you, we're probably picking up a theme. I'm not really much of a planner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a strategic planner that comes up with a five-year plan and then follows through. Um, I'm probably more of a person that just takes opportunities as they yeah, come. Yeah. But so so far, it's it's done me okay. So touching on actually the thesis, uh, we, so shipping, I mean, huge heavy industry. We've got the traditional career opportunities in PNI other insurance, yeah. finance, yeah. management, operations, brokerage, the list goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. And now we've got almost this new career opportunity yeah. coming in, which is startups, technology. Can you sort of perhaps, um, um, say if you can, mm -hmm. um, say sort of explain some of the startups, what they're doing, um, and also what they would perhaps be looking for in new talent and whether there's yeah. potentially a fit for men and women coming from life and wardship. So it's, it's really interesting that you sort of mentioned, you know, all these different sectors, shipbroking and insurance and ship management and training, uh, and then mentioned technology. And, and that's right, because the, the, there is a new maritime technology ship tech sector that mm -hmm. is developing. Um, and there's a huge number of new companies that have come on the scene in the last five years, specifically developing software for the sector. But interesting, I think it's, it's probably better to think of the, t the technology side as it's, it's more like an umbrella. Okay. And it just sits over all of those sectors. Sure. So everything you've, all of those sectors you've, you've rattled off um, uh, has their own, if you like, technology ecosystem. Sure. Um, and we, we see it as particularly strong at the moment in um, the insurance sector okay. and in broking. Um, there's a lot of money going into um, developing new products and services um, around there. Uh, freight forwarding is also just becoming as huge um, sort of beast of a technology mm -hmm. sector um, so 
that, that's really exciting and the, the way I see it is that every uh, every sector you can think of within the shipping industry that you think of as a, as a sort of traditional um, sector within the, mm -hmm. within the industry there is now this sort of technology layer on top yeah. so if you have a good understanding of te technology or you're willing to you know learn to code part-time while you're mm -hmm. working at sea actually you could end up with a very in-demand skill set mm -hmm. um, in terms of the sorts of companies that are out there um, in the UK I can tell you because we, we, we sort of track data on it there's now about 30 startups based in the UK mm -hmm. um, who, are, who are building everything from a sort of automated booking platform for crew training um, right through to uh, uh, port call optimization software um, uh, cloud-based ship management software mm -hmm. there's some amazing things going on with artificial intelligence and insurance and automated claims handling um, marino iot smart containers and, and sort of smart engine management systems uh, and the, the skill set of a seafarer uh, you know the, the seafarers are, and i mean this in the nicest possible way and it's complimentary they're like the ultimate cowboys right mm. you know if there's a problem at sea yeah you just you fix it yeah, yeah you, you find a solution and you fix it um uh, and actually that mentality suits being in a startup really yeah. well because you will wear a thousand different hats every day something um mad has come up that, that you weren't expecting the yeah. day before and, and and there are just problems that have to be dealt with so um it's actually you know barring all of the technical skills that are really valuable just the, the soft skills that you learn at sea are hugely important um, and, and very valuable to this sector. Um, and there's a massive shortage of people who uh, understand how ships work, understand how engine rooms work, understand the sort of principles of, of navigation. And because as more and more of this software gets built, the, sort of the principles of user-centered design and actually understanding how someone would use it in reality mm -hmm. on board a ship when perhaps Things, you know the weather's bad and things aren't going very well um, is absolutely crucial so there are, there are all sorts of roles there are sort of engineering roles software engineering roles if, if you can learn to code um, and definitely the, the experience is helpful there but things like product design product management um, even even on the commercial side sort of um, you know when you look at things like sales and marketing being able to speak the language mm -hmm. um, of seafaring um, or, or just of the industry um, all of those are, are, are really, really important skills that the, the tech sector as a whole lacks. So um, I, I see it as a, it's a new sector, it's a pretty exciting sector, and I think in the next five years it's going to grow exponentially. Yeah. So there's a, there's a huge amount of opportunity. I, I mean, on, on the host, working on, on a startup, um, both having done it and do it, is it's actually quite a fun time again for somebody who's coming ashore and shouldn't almost be put off to say, well, actually, you know, if it's a startup, I don't really know, they don't have any positions going, and it's a point to say, well, actually, there's always, if you can provide value, um, and if you can provide a degree of um, understanding, knowledge, experience, that can be utilised, approach a startup, approach a company and say, here we are, there may not always be a position, but there's always worth saying, yes, and a lot of cases, they'll almost sometimes create a position yeah, um, and, and I guess that speaks to the earlier point as well about building up your network yeah. early and yeah. having as much network as possible because I think that would work particularly well in a startup. Mm -hmm. And I know, for example, um, there is uh, a company called Orca AI um, who are building um, decision support, computer vision based decision support systems for, for bridges, um, sort of a step towards 
uh, sort of sort of manned autonomy. Um, and they have spent the last two years actively looking for people with everything from a sort of off to the watch ticket mm. up, upwards, ticket upwards, sorry, um, to uh, uh, come and contract with them when they're on their leave, to cool. give input to, to what's going on. And a lot of that sort of stuff can come just from an, from an introduction, yeah. introducing yourself. But I, I, would, I would say, you know, don't be put off. You know, if technology isn't your thing, don't be put off about finding, um, you know, finding a partner at one of the law firms. Mm-hmm. And all of the, they all have their contact details on the website. Yeah. Get in touch with them and ask just to meet for a coffee and find out yeah. what, what maritime law is like yeah. or maritime insurance or shipbroking or whatever it may be. Um, because people generally are, are nice enough that they will and you, yeah. just, you never know what it's going to lead to. And it, I think it would also help to just kind of filter out what you don't want to do before mm-hmm. you get there and you sort of start doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so now, these years, 2020, uh, you've had an exciting career path. Upon reflection, what, and if you were talking to our colleagues at, um, at sea who are thinking about the yeah. future, what advice would you perhaps immediately start to think about giving them as to sort of, that you may have done different, would you do anything differently? Um, would you perhaps look at the plan versus just going with your gut? I mean, I'm personally a go with your gut person. Just sort of some advice for that career change and sort of what you would perhaps do differently or advice you could give. Yeah, okay, so I, I think it's important to think, or personally the way I see it is that it's important to think of your career as a career in maritime rather than a career at sea. Mm-hmm. Um, because at some point, whether you're 21 or 65, you're probably going to want to come ashore um, and, and keep working a little bit, you know, e- even if you're sort of on, on the edge of retirement, like people, people do do it. Um, so. I think it's really important to network early on, mm-hmm. as early on in your career as possible. Um, like I said before, it took me about two years to build up enough of a network in London to be able to get that job that was my step back into the industry. If I'd have started that in the first year of my cadetship, I probably could have gone straight into a, into a job in the industry. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say from day one, get involved with you know membership organisations, get involved with the union, um, get involved with professional development bodies, get involved with networking groups, of which there are plenty yeah. around in, in, in every city. Um, it's a really small industry. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's weird, you know, power's all of global trade, but actually, you know, there's, there's probably only a few thousand people who are really sort of at the core of it. Oh, so, absolutely. Um, and you don't need to reach far to find somebody that you know, and if you don't know them, yeah. it's a connection, rather a connection of five, it's a connection of two, yeah, poss- exactly, possibly three. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it is sort of very, clustered and, and if you've been out there building up a network for a few years uh, across the sector when it does come a time to come ashore and for me certainly it wasn't planned you know it was a bump ashore mm. um, for family reasons uh, that landing will be a little bit softer because because you, you you've built up a bit of a net yeah. I think that's probably the most important thing I would also say um, don't be afraid to try lots of different things mm. um, in or out of the sector yeah um, uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've had quite a few jobs since I came ashore, mm-hmm. um, in and out of the industry, uh, and I think it's really important to um, spend a bit of time experimenting um, because you know you, you spend however many years learning to drive ships, um, and while there's a lot of important skills in there, um, not a huge amount of it actually maps across to what you'd end up doing day to day ashore. Yeah. 
um, it, you know, you end up with a very, very different sort of working pattern. Um, so, uh, if you can, while you're still at sea, um, try and go along um, to as many companies as possible and learn about what they're doing, um, meet them, understand what the roles look like, uh, and then if you're going to have a sort of plan to make sure, mm. um, when the right opportunity comes up, coming back to that luck thing, when the right opportunity comes up, you're ready to take it. Yeah, absolutely. Get, get out experience, work experience, network. Yeah, absolutely. And just, yeah. And it's, it's getting to understand what is actually on offer yeah. versus coming a short, stepping back and going, oh God, this entire industry yeah, is yeah, getting petrified yeah. and nobody's going to speak to me on the seafarer. Yeah, so, actually. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a, it's, I don't think people realise, certainly I didn't when I was at sea, I didn't realise how valuable the skills and experience mm. I was building up are, yeah. um, and actually how valued they are ashore, um, if you get in front of the right people who, who need that skill set. Well, I think also actually not even just in front of the skill sets, actually just getting into that networking environment, because you step on board a ship, perhaps it's for the first time, you've never met that crew, and instantaneously you're like, you need to build that rapport, you need to engage with them, you need to build that relationship because you're going to be living with them for whether it's a month or whether it's yeah. eight, nine months. So actually taking that, that's the exact same mentality. You're stepping inside a networking event, a boardroom, a seminar, wherever, exactly the same. You step inside that room, it's like joining a ship for the first time. You yeah. want to go and meet everybody, connect, this is who I am, this is what I've done, this is where I want to go. Yeah, and people will help. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's the really nice thing. Is it is a genuinely friendly, helpful industry, yeah. and, and people will. Um, obviously, you've got great institutions like this one, um, but then you know, I, I've yet to meet someone in the industry where I've, if I've asked for some help with something, I've yet to had someone turn me down. And equally, because of that, whenever people ask me for help, I'm, I'm always as yeah. as helpful as I possibly can be. So absolutely. And what sort of, jumping back in Thetius and a bit of the tech, mm -hmm. what, what can we expect for the next sort of couple of years? What do you sort of perhaps see coming into the industry and developing? Um, just sort of keeping, if somebody's not wanting to come ashore tomorrow yeah. or within the next six months, what can we sort of start to look towards within tech, um, within the industry? Um, so I, I would say the industry is only just getting a, a good handle on how it uses data um, and being able to capture, analyze, um, and sort of gain insight from data at scale. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, 50,000 ships around the world, each of them has hundreds of sensors, if not thousands. Mm -hmm. um, we're now getting to the point where, uh, you know, a, a fleet management team might be looking seriously at hiring something like a data scientist mm -hmm. uh, to be able to, to derive insight to, to get things like fuel savings or better weather routing. Um, so there's a whole sector starting to build up around data management, yeah. um, uh, data and analytics, uh, and, and that is really exciting. That's coming at the same time as over the next, let's say, five years, there's be a, a whole new network of low Earth orbit satellites coming online. Cool. So, depending on what you read, anywhere between five and 10,000 satellites are gonna be put up into low Earth orbit. And they will be able to do low latency, high bandwidth communication anywhere in the world, point to point. So, how do you use, how, so looking at the LinkedIn as a tool to use for seafarers, uh, coming ashore, how, some advice and guidance on sort of really utilizing the platform to its best? So I'd say the 
the best thing to do is actually just share your experiences and share your expertise. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you're on board now and you, or you, you go away for a three-month trip, um, uh, writing and, and posting your reflections of what went well and what went badly, um, sharing your, I, I guess, prof professional experiences, things that you've learned, uh, that's stuff that people really value. Yeah. And it's stuff that will get you noticed by the right people, um, uh, and particularly if you're sharing stuff that is of interest to you, yeah. and and people are, are resonating with it, then when when they have jobs, they're going to come to you, and it's probably going to be the sort of job that you're interested yeah. in doing because you've Absolutely. been sharing content like that. Um, I'd also add that uh, that the the search functionality on LinkedIn is really good. If you get to the point where you are looking for your next job and you're sort of actively thinking about coming ashore. Um, you can do a free trial of LinkedIn Premium, mm -hmm. um, where you get access to really, really good search tools. Um, you can send out something like 15, 20 messages in a month, cold to people, you know, asking for to meet them for coffee and learn about what they're doing, or um, uh, if, if they have a job you want to apply to. Um, stuff like that really helps. So I, I would say def definitely share, share your experiences. Join a few of the groups as well, things like the Nautical Institute group. Um, uh, for sure, and, and use when the time is right, use the search to find the people you want to mm -hmm. connect with. And if anybody wants to find out more about CTS, connect with you, what's the best way to do so? Um, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm really active on LinkedIn, so uh, I'm Nick Chubb on LinkedIn, um, look me up, um, or go to thetius.com. Uh, um, we have a huge database, about 500 uh, startups, scale ups, and large corporate innovators on that database, and we actually provide um, some basic contact information for free to um, the leadership teams in those organisations. So actually, uh, I should have plugged Thetius instead of LinkedIn. Um, use Thetius uh, to, uh, to, to, to search for your next tech job if, yeah. if, if, you're, if you want to get into the tech space. Um, or just email me, I'm, I'm nick, N-I-C-K, at thetius.com. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. My name's Andy Cowdroy. Uh, be sure to just subscribe on YouTube, on the podcast channels, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, etc. Uh, and if you want more information about the Coming Insure program, visit the website, hit the Coming Insure button, uh, register your interest, and one of us will be in touch soon. Have a great day.